Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. This episode was recorded at Spotify Studios LA. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, author and founder of Slutty Vegan, Pinky Cole talks to me about overcoming challenges and purpose-driven work. As a successful entrepreneur, Pinky has had her fair share of obstacles. But in our conversation, she showed me how critical our losses are to our success. We have to learn to take the good with the bad because at the end of the day, our journey and our purpose is so much bigger than us. Bad things happen all the time, but it's never really bad. It's an opportunity to learn and grow and navigate through those things and be a testimony to somebody else. Hi, Pinky. Hi. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. We're excited to be here. We're very uh, yes. We're excited. Do, do you know what you're having? I'm having a boy. Yes. This is my second boy. So yes. okay, we were talking. Okay, we. I'm really excited because we were just having like all the girl chat before yes. we're getting into starting the episode. But so, what are the ages of the three that will soon be under three? Two, one. And I'm seven months pregnant. And which one's the other boy? This is the other, the, the middle The first one. boy. The first boy is the middle child. Okay, gotcha. Yes. And then this is the last boy <laughs> because I'm not having any more kids. You're done. <laughs> no, I'm very done. You've been pregnant since 2020. 2020, 21, 22, and 23. So what was your longest non-pregnant stretch? How many months uh, did that last? 11 months. Ooh, we made it almost a year. I made it almost a year and then I got caught up. <laughs> but it was a good caught up because um, I don't know how much you know about my story. I actually have fibroids. Ditto. And the, and the doctor told me that it was going to be difficult for me to have kids. So I just was like, I washed my hands of it. I'm like, I'm just going to be the fly auntie and get all my nieces and nephews all the things that they want and all the relationships I've been in. I never got pregnant. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe this ain't in my destiny. I'm just going to yeah. be this super successful entrepreneur. And then I met my husband. Mm. And then, you know, his little... 
soldiers yeah. was marching and here we are. <laughs> now I can't stop having kids. So what do they say about the fibroids? Uh, well, clearly, you know, God says like, something Are they different. still there? You didn't have them removed? I, I still, I got them removed. Okay. Um, and they were the size of a cantaloupe. Mm. And then after I got them removed, obviously scar tissue, they told me that it would be even harder yeah. because of the scar tissue. And now God is so good. I just keep getting pregnant. I'm like, God, like, yes, God is like, so you just won't stop. good. <laughs> yes. I mean, well, so I normally start with like how I met somebody, but we haven't met in person before. But no. because we're both Sagittarius's, yes. I feel like we have met before yes. and we're both Maryland girls yes. and we're our soul and we're both HBCU girls mm -hmm. and our souls are just connected. Yes, we are. And you have a, a an agape energy. And I don't know if that is the Sagittarius in you. Mm. But when I met you and you greeted me with a hug, that's how I greet people with a hug. And that's kind of yeah. how I gauge the tone of people's energy. And your energy just aligned with mine. So I appreciate that. Agape energy. Yes. That I really needed that. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I, I do have that. I'm gonna <laughs> own it. Thank you. Please own it. All right, we're gonna kick off with some icebreaker questions. Okay. Let's Are do you it. in? Yes, let's do it. All right, what's your go-to vegan comfort food? Spaghetti. Mm. I know. It's bad. That's why I gained 40 pounds. Spaghetti. I love spaghetti. Vegan spaghetti. We call it sketty at my house. Ooh. And my husband can cook really good. So he cooks better than me. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> but I'm like, babe, I want some sketty. And he always makes the best spaghetti. I love spaghetti for some reason. I can eat spaghetti every day. It's so, but, but spaghetti yeah. is either, I feel like spaghetti, especially with black folks, I feel like it's that food that either you're like, I had it so much growing up, and I cannot yes. eat it. Or it's like you said, it's a comfort food. Yeah. And I don't like spaghetti on day one. I want to eat it the day two. The flavors have to settle in. Yeah. Yes. Like, it got to marinate. Yeah. So day two and day three is like the best, which is why I love Thanksgiving, okay? Oh, I'm yes. eating Thanksgiving food for a whole week. I don't know how people, like, there's some people that, like, don't eat leftovers. Like, Oh, no, I love leftovers. Some things don't translate well as a leftover, I will be honest. Like, some Everything things. to me. I'm I'm Jamaican, so, like, we <laughs> eat food for Jamaican days. food, by the way, is one of my favorite. Yes. I grew, I grew, I'm tired of eating Jamaican food. I grew up eating that. Okay, right. See, I can eat Jamaican food every day. <laughs> I love Indian food. Oh, yeah. Love it. Mm. Because I'm vegan, right? So, like, vegan cuisine and Indian food is synonymous, right? Yeah. So, like, the flavors and all of that. So, only thing I ain't been to is India, but mm. I eat Indian food all the time. So, you haven't always been vegan, though. So, is there mm. a is there a food or a or a meal that isn't vegan that you miss? You want Peter to come after me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, not that I miss, but before I went completely vegan, my favorite food was crabs. Of course it was. I'm Maryland yes. girls. Yes. So I'm talking about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean crabs. Like if you see a crab, you see me. <laughs> and um, I would eat crabs all the time. And that was like really a comfort food for me. And now it's funny because my husband, he loves crabs. So he's mm -hmm. more pescatarian, right? So I wanted to surprise him and get him some crabs. Yeah. Like I don't eat it, but I also don't judge the food that he eats. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm not touching that. Like I'm not, I can't get next to it. Like I just felt like it was wow. Roach Cousin. Like I just... <laughs> I can't do it. Um, but yeah, so I the last time I ate crabs was before 2007. I haven't eaten meat since 2007. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you know, crabs for me are just so nostalgic. Like, especially yeah. being from Maryland, the newspaper, the Washington Post, was mm -hmm. typically the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. You know, like, just eating crabs. My mom teaching me how to open them. Yeah. and That was like a thing growing up. Mm -hmm. And now I just watch my husband, and I'm like, who? Yeah. It's a little different. I can't believe I used to like this. <laughs> Is there something recently that 
you learned, like like a new nugget you've you've received recently? I did. Um, and it actually was from a person. Mm-hmm. So I had lunch with the editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Yes, you did. And he said something that was so profound to me, and he was just like, Don't go to the people, let the people come to you. And I said, okay, well, what does that mean? And what he was saying is when you're building your empire, you want to create something so special that the people gravitate towards you, that you don't have to go out looking for them. Mm. And when the people come towards you, you bring the value. You have more value. And that was kind of like a nugget that stuck with me. And so every single day I'm like, let them come to me. So I'm sitting in the come to me. Here I am. Yeah. You're attracting. I'm attracting. What's already yours. What's already mine. Mm. And I don't have to go and I ain't got to borrow, beg, or steal to get it. I'm letting them come to me. Yeah. That's a good vibe. Yeah. That's the right vibe. It's the right vibe. And that's the kind of vibe that I'm in, right? Like this year for me, I done went through a roller coaster, right? So beautiful nonetheless, Mm -hmm. right? But I went from being all over the news um to on the new yorker nine pager to being in front of jet magazine to then finding out after the golden globes that i'm getting sued right and then getting on the times list mm. right and then getting married and like so so the roller coaster has been rolling okay i'm at six legs right now okay yeah. uh, <laughs> but but what i say is that like it's been such a beautiful wild ride mm-hmm. it's real um and i get to evolve as a part of the process and you know I'm just embracing all sides of it and that's the beauty of life and entrepreneurship you're gonna get some good some bad but more great Mm, yeah have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like hey we came to play did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially when we come through it's true magic because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Yeah. The good, I think, when you when you're able to have true perspective over your life, you're able to realize that like the good does always outweigh the bad. Absolutely. You just have to see it that way. You have to, which is why shameless plug. I wrote a book called mm. "I Hope You Fail," which I cannot wait to get into because <laughs> I love the title. Thank you. I'm fascinated by titles. I'm fascinated by why people choose titles. So again, we'll get into it. But I I just want to say now, did you hear I about love the first it. title? No, it was called "Eat Plants, Bitch." that's a choice too it's a whole nother title yes but I can't wait to get into that man and like just the journey Mm -hmm. of it all okay we're gonna get into it but first we have to start at the beginning yes so what did Baltimore, Maryland give you? Baltimore, Maryland gave me grit Mm. 
and hustle um, and the sense of feeling like the underdog, which is not a bad thing. And when I say underdog, my father did 22 years in prison. I watched my mother work a full-time job, plus be an entrepreneur. So I have always been in the proving ground as a kid, right? Because mm. I didn't grow up in a regular black American household. It's very different. I don't know if you know any Caribbeans, right? So I do. Like, I know a lot. Yeah. Okay, so the black American household and the Caribbean household is totally different, right? Okay, tell me, how, but how would you describe it? Um, It's just different how, how we eat, like... Eating out is like shundapun, right? Like you you eat a, a cook, not that a black American household doesn't do that, but like the way that we clean, the way that we cook, the way that mm -hmm. the, the philosophies and like the things that we think about, it's just different, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you really go toe for toe, it's different. So like I was just always different from my friends, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up playing with toys. All of my friends grew up playing with toys. I was watching Golden Girls and Laverne and Shirley <laughs> with my grandmother, right? Yeah. Um, And we always had people coming in and out of the home, right? Like if you were Jamaican, you didn't have to be blood, you would move into the house mm. if you needed somewhere to stay. So we had to learn how to share. We had to learn how to give. So like growing up with material things wasn't even a thing because like we couldn't afford it because anything that we got, we had to share it. Yeah. Right. You had to take the shirt off your back. Um, so the, the friends that I had, obviously, we were very, very different. Right. We, uh, You know, going out the country every Every year after school, the last day of school, like I'm getting shipped off to Jamaica for the summer, mm -hmm. right? It's just different, right? Um, but what I learned about is two beautiful worlds, right? So living in America and not being American enough and then going to Jamaica and not being Jamaican enough, mm -hmm. right? So I always felt like, like I wasn't totally accepted on one side or the other, and I'm being totally transparent about that, yeah. right? So I felt like an underdog. So as a result of feeling like the underdog, it made me work harder. It made me want to hustle. It gave me that grit. Mm -hmm. So Baltimore truly gave me that. And it made me want to win. Like I always had the idea of wanting to win all of the time and not accepting failure, not accepting the fact that like this won't work out. Like I just wanted to be a conqueror in all things. Mm. And that's what my city taught me. Yeah. A conqueror. Yeah. Baltimore is is a special city. It's also a beautiful city. I think mm -hmm. it's not talked about enough that it's I think it's a it's a gorgeous city, but it for sure is going to teach you grit. It's going to yeah. yeah, like you you have to have a will to like to to dream and to get yeah. out and to want more and yeah. clearly that's what you did, that's which we are going to continue to get into because you've done that tenfold and I'm I'm excited to hear about all of the journey. Yeah. What would you say is maybe the most valuable lesson you've learned from your mom? <clears throat> Make sure that you have good credit. I know that was not what you were expecting. Yes. I know. I love that your mother taught you that. If my mother didn't teach me nothing else, she told me to be frugal and pay my bills mm. and make sure that I had good credit because credit was going to take me the places that I needed to go, not the places that I just wanted to be in. Ooh. Like my mother didn't play no games. I've never seen my mother have anything less than 800, uh, an 800 credit score. Lights were always on. We always had food on the table. Mm. Bills were always paid on time, even if it left her with nothing in the end. But I learned that from my mother. So now, this day and age, I am very, very frugal. Very, okay? And uh. I let the world know. I don't care. I don't care how much money I got. I don't care. I'm still checking tags. Like, I'm that girl. But yeah. I get it from my mom because I know that, like, as soon as you get it, you can lose it. 
right? Mm. And I also don't play about my credit and I don't pay about my bills. Like bills give me anxiety. So I make sure that all of my bills are always paid on time. And I always stay on top of it because I got that from my mom. Well, this is what I I like hearing about this. Well, one, well, you're very frugal, but you're also incredibly generous. I am. Yeah. How, you know how awesome is that, right? Yeah. It's interesting because watching my mother help everybody, I absorbed that from her. Mm. And then I also absorbed her being frugal. But what I watch my mother do is she won't treat herself. She'll treat everybody else. It's a blessing and a curse yeah. now, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Because I won't treat myself, but I'll make sure that everybody around me is good because mm-hmm. I'm naturally a nurturer like that because my mother was like that. But as a result of that, that good karmic energy just always comes back to me. Yeah. And I always get the blessings because I have a generous heart to give. It's gen. You yeah. Listen, you have to give. Yeah. Giving... Um, enlarges your heart Mm -hmm. it 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 changes the lives of others which Mm -hmm. in turn will change your life like having a generous spirit i think is one of the most beautiful spirits to have Mm -hmm. and like you said like the blessings don't miss you when you when you are doling out blessings to others yeah i am the person that like you need somewhere to stay you're gonna sleep on my couch Mm -hmm. or i'm gonna give you my bed and i'm gonna sleep on my couch you know i've always been like that and my husband is like that, too. So I'm like, God, like, you really just gave me my match on every single level because Amen. we're always willing to open up our doors and help other people, even sometimes to a fault, because sometimes people take advantage of yes. that. Yes. But but what I also love hearing is that, you know, so, so you have this, like, generous spirit mm-hmm. and your mom taught you to, like, make sure that you, you know, have a good credit score. Mm-hmm. That helps you be an entrepreneur. It does. You needed that. You really did need that. Yeah. My my mother told me. I didn't learn that in school. Wow. My mother told me that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. What's one of your favorite lessons that your father has taught you? My father told me that success is like mud. You throw something on the wall and something got to stick. Success is like mud. You throw something on the wall and something got to stick. Yeah. And when he told me that, I never forgot it. Because in my mind, I'm like, something got to work. <laughs> I'm going to try a million things. Mm. But that one million and one thing is going to work for me. And guess what that thing was? Slutty vegan. <laughs> yep. Slutty vegan. Okay, well, that perfect segue. <laughs> Talk to me about what your life looked like. Right before you created Slutty Vegan? Oh, that's a really good question. (laughs) Um, I was running five miles a day. I was reading a book a day. And everybody told me I was crazy. Yeah. I told you I like to challenge myself. You did say that. I was a casting director at the time for a show on the OWN Network. Wow. Full circle moment, right? Wow, 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 wow. Um, And they asked me to come to Atlanta temporarily to work on the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. So during this time, you know, we had a little hiatus before we came back and I just started running. I'm like, all right, I'm going to run five miles a day. I'm a B raw vegan and I'm going to read a book every single day. Like I want to get in the best shape of my life. Like I'm just locked in. I'm focused. Like this is my focus year. And I didn't even know what I was getting focused for. It'd be like that sometimes. Like I did not know what I was getting focused for. That's good. So I came to Atlanta and I was in my two-bedroom apartment, and I put all my stuff in storage, right, in L.A. That was five years ago. I lived here. This Everything you're talking about was five years ago. Five years ago. And I put my stuff in storage five years ago. 
And I came up with Study Vegan when I was in my apartment in Atlanta. And at this time, I was doing well. Like, I was making money. Like, I already had somebody's dream job. I'm a casting director for, at the time, one of the hottest shows out in the country. So, like, I'm doing well. And I'm in my 20s. Like, I'm 29 at this point. So, like, I'm everything I touch turned to gold at this point. Obviously, Yeah. So, like, I am, like, I'm on top of the world. I'm doing well. And I came up with Study Vegan. And... I started getting on Google and YouTube and started trying to figure out like recipes and what I could do. And long story short, I opened up a shared kitchen where I started serving food from the shared kitchen. And it got so crazy that I went from having like four to five people standing in line to having so many people standing in line trying to order my food by way of Instagram, right? So they would DM me their order and I would take their order on Instagram and I would give them their food and like... It was so much demand I couldn't keep up, so much that I got kicked out of the facility that I was in because I had too much clientele. Then I went and got a food truck, and the rest has been history. And you know, it's been five years, and I still have my stuff in storage to this day. (laughs) So what are we going to do about the stuff in storage? I'm going to be a billionaire one day. Okay, (laughs) so it's going to be worth something. It's going to be in the Museum of Slutty somewhere. (laughs) Well, I I love that you're, you're, you're basically saying like, I was getting ready and I didn't even know what I was getting ready for. I did not know what I was getting ready for. But let me tell you something. What I realized as I evolved, because I be having these like, I'm like, okay, all right, this is what it is. So I had a restaurant before called Pinky's Jamaican and American Restaurant Mm -hmm. in Harlem. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had a grease fire, lost Mm -hmm. everything. I got kicked out of my apartment. My car got repoed, everything. This is before you were a casting director. I was a producer for the Maury show at the time. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So in the in the process, I opened up a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had this restaurant and it was doing seemingly well. And then I lost everything by way of a grease fire. Right. But the difference with that restaurant is that I was vegan selling oxtails and selling jerk chicken. So I was lying to myself and the people. I wasn't in alignment. Right. So like the ethos wasn't in alignment. And And what I learned from that experience is if, you don't do something that you don't believe in, it will never work. Never. So, so it didn't work and it wasn't supposed to work because it wasn't authentic to who I was. So now creating Slutty Vegan, I'd already been vegan. I was already the person that wanted to give my friends vegan food that didn't taste vegan because I wanted them to convert, right? And now I get to do what I love. This is who I am and my lifestyle and how I show up in the world. And then I get to make money all while doing it and helping people to reimagine food. It's a win across the board. Wow. And because it's a win across the the board, that's how I know that I'm walking in my purpose. Mm -hmm. And that is where like purpose-driven work comes in. Like, this ain't just, like, a job for me. Like, I've been vegan. Before Slutty Vegan, I was vegan before it was cool. Mm-hmm. When people said, you a black girl, you vegan, you don't eat meat, you need to eat some chicken. Like, people thought that I was crazy. And now, being vegan is trendy. And I've been able to be an <laughs> anchor in the movement, right? Mm-hmm. And get people to understand that vegan is not bad. And you can have vegan food, even if you don't want to be vegan, as long as you just, like, add some alternative non-vegan I mean vegan items to your to your lifestyle and that's exactly what I've been able to do wow what what would you describe as the moment when everything you just said clicked for you though like when you were sitting in kind of like the beauty of wow this is completely in alignment with my purpose like three years ago Mm. like three years ago and I'm like wow this is it and I believe that everybody has the ability to unlock that purpose Right. Yeah. So like whatever it is that you you love to do for free, 
whatever it is that you love to do and you don't need to make a dime off of it and it just brings you joy. That is the thing that then becomes your purpose and you could be a vessel to help other people because your purpose ain't for you. Your purpose is for other people, right? That's what it's for. So like I'm just a walking, living vessel for the purpose, right? That's just my assignment. I know I'm getting a little deep, but no, that, this is what we do here. Yeah. That is my assignment. And as a result of the assignment, I get to affect the lives of so many people. So that's how I know that I'm walking in my purpose. Even in the moments where it gets difficult, it gets hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't be a leader in the space and a disruptor in the space without disruption, Right. And that is how I know that I'm walking in the movement because there are going to be tests that come along the way. And I keep passing them tests. I'm getting 100 every time, Mm. even when it don't feel like it, it's 100. But that's how I know that I'm walking in my purpose. Has there been a recent test that was difficult, but you ended up with an A plus, but you were like, I I feel like I'm failing this. Um, Getting sued. Mm hmm. Um, and I like to be transparent about that, right? Because entrepreneurs don't tell that Please part. Please do. People get sued all the time. Talk right? to me about it. Restaurants get sued yeah. all the time. Um, I, I don't run the day-to-day of my business anymore, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I focus on the thought leadership. I'm like the mascot for the brand, yeah. right? So, like, I still make all the decisions, but, like, I'm not in the stores every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when things happen in my business, it's automatically, Pinky did it, right? Like, it's not like the business did it because I'm so connected yeah. to my brand, um, and, and that rocked me to my core because I didn't start my business for money, right? Mm-hmm. I really started it for the consumer experience. I wanted people to have a really good time. So anything that happens in my business, as the leader of the space, as the CEO of this movement, right, I got to take the good and the bad, right? So can you imagine mm-hmm. dealing with that while being pregnant, just getting married, going through so many emotions at the same time was very difficult, but then what I also realized is heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like I wouldn't be challenged with all of these things if I wasn't capable to overcome them. Mm-hmm. And I am an overcomer. Mm. And because I'm an overcomer, it's just like, okay, I got armor of steel, right? And because I have that armor on me, yes, it's going to ding me. And yes, sometimes it's going to hurt. And yes, it may bend me sometimes, but I ain't going to never break. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah. so now I just, I always take the good with the bad. Bad things happen all the time, but mm-hmm. but it's never really bad. It's an opportunity to learn and grow and navigate through those things and be a testimony to somebody else. To be a testimony. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. But so, but when you're in these moments or these tests that like feel really low, feel very difficult, can you kind of talk me through what your process is to getting to the space where you are now, where you can say it's, you know, I know there's something to gain from it. There's lessons to be learned, but like, how do you, how do you get to that point? Time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I'd be lying if I'm like, okay, when it's happening, I'm like, okay, step one, do this. Yeah. It's not that <laughs> right. Time, time yeah. heals. Right. And you got to sit in it. Like I have learned over the years to stop running away from the things that don't work for me and being okay with facing them. Mm -hmm. Because once I deal with it, then I'm done with it. 
Ooh. Deal with it and be done with it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I deal with it and I'm done with it. And whatever happens from then, time will heal it. Mm-hmm. And I, I let that happen. And when it's all said and done, I can then look back and reflect and say, okay, I know why this happened. There was some protection around this. I was being protected from something. That rejection allowed me to be saved. It was some saving grace that I needed, right, that I didn't understand in that moment. But now I get it. Thank you, God. Now I get it. Okay, here I am. Deal with it it and be done with it. Sometimes you got to face the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, like, when you face the uncomfortable, like, yeah, for for five minutes, it's going to hurt. I'm being, you know, sarcastic. But for five minutes, it'll be painful and it'll be uncomfortable. But then after that, you can just move on with your life. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, you only got one life to live. You're going to stress your whole life over something. Just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about... The beauty of your marriage, what it's done for you, how it's enriched your life. Well, right now he's getting on my nerves because I'm pregnant, so the hormones is all over the place. I told you I'm not going to tell you no lie. Um, <laughs> but I love him. Um, I love my baby daddy. Um, so we met three years ago. This is a fresh relationship. God said, I just need it all to be happening it back to so back fast. to back. I got pregnant three months after we met. I know. <laughs> Do as I say, not as I do. Okay. (laughs) Um, So it it happened really fast, but it was so divine. We're in the same field. Um, Obviously, he's not vegan. I am. Mm -hmm. So like he has this really popular concept in Atlanta and I got this concept that's really popular in Atlanta. And during the George Floyd riot, somebody broke the glass in his windows. So I sent him a DM. I'm like, hey, you know, like I'm a community partner. Do you need some help? And obviously he said no, but he was just like, you know, I see what you're doing. I've been watching you. Like we should go to lunch. But were you like checking for him or were you genuinely offering? (laughs) So my best friends, um, they told me um, that there's this guy in Atlanta and he got this Philly concept. He got lines down the block. Like, y'all would be like a power couple. Y'all would be like the Jay-Z and Beyonce. Gotta have food. the friends that see it for right? you. And I'm like, I'm not talking to nobody that's not vegan, ill. Like, no. And I just was like, not with it. So, like, our first engagement wasn't even on, like, the dating tip, right? Like, mm-hmm. we were getting out of relationships. It was really just to connect and build. But, like, something happened at that table. It was like mm-hmm. a spark, like... And then after that, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, he the one. I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> I'm like, this is the one. Wow. And we connected and we were friends um, for a hot second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just really locked in and we've been inseparable. That's my best friend. I don't go nowhere without him. You see me, you see him. You see him, you see me. Mm. And the beautiful part about it is like, we are the same. Like we're both big dreamers. We both have these multi-million dollar companies that we want to realize into billion dollar companies mm. to unlock generational wealth we both have stories of triumph his father passed away from lung cancer my father did 22 years in prison Mm -hmm. right so like we literally know what it feels like to like not have daddy present yeah um and then we come from environments where everybody around us didn't make it but we did so Mm. we're navigating through the same level of success and all we want to do is win so when i'm looking at my numbers in my restaurant i can compare them to his Mm. because he's in the same field when i want to talk about ideas i ain't got to shut it down because he don't feel like talking about it because we're in the same exact field yeah so like he sharpens my iron and then we're really friends first like so important beyond the relationship like that's really like my homie yeah we have a we have a lot of fun as you can see (laughs) um but he's really my homie lover friend and i never in my life thought that i would find somebody like that so like i know that god gave me my person yeah so when we got married 
Um, it was beautiful. That's the best, oh like, my God, best day of our lives. Never yeah. in my life did I think that I was going to be a wife. Why is that? Because my mother never talked about being a wife. I never seen any wives around me, mm. right? Like the covenant of marriage wasn't a thing. Like the thing was grow up, go to school, work hard, get a sustainable job and like make sure that you take care of your family and your kids. It wasn't like grow up and become a wife, find your husband and become a wife. My mother never told me about mm-hmm. that, right? So like that wasn't something that I looked forward to. So I was okay with being just, you know, the the person who just, was successful and paid all my bills and did that because I'd never had real examples. I had one, but I mean, you know, yeah, not, I never had like a whole lot of examples of it. So to, to be somebody's wife and now to be an example, there are people that are looking up to me and my husband mm-hmm. saying like, y'all are goals. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy because <laughs> we're literally doing this in real time, trying to figure it out yeah, and, and, and trying to make it work. And we do a good job at it with not a lot of resources, mm-hmm. right? Like we are learning the art of marriage on our own. Yeah. We're both in a really good place um, financially with our businesses mm-hmm. and growing. He just announced that he's franchising to a um, hundred stores mm. and like God is just moving. You know what I told him the other day? I said, do you realize that out of both of these companies, we have increased the odds of being able to unlock that generational wealth that everybody talks about? Like, it's not just one that we're counting on. There's two. And out of the two, one is going to work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so it increases our chances. So two is better than one. I'm like, do you realize that? He was like, yeah, I get it. Yes. Two is better than one. Like, it's true. And also, you guys became one. Mm -hmm. So, and and you guys are multiplying. It's just, it's all just so... It's, it's beautiful. It's all God, though. We're like the modern day Huxtables. (laughs) We got five kids in total. Wow. Yeah. I went from being an auntie to five kids. In three years. <laughs> In three years. So anything is possible. Anything is possible. I also, I want to say this right, because I just want to make sure I'm saying it the right way. You bought the entire graduating class at Clark Atlanta. LLCs. I did. To jumpstart their pathway to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So take me to the moment when you were just laying in bed. And you were like, I know what I'm going to do. Like, what What was that moment? So I took myself back to the moment where I was in school mm-hmm. and I was graduating and I didn't have a job lined up. Well, I did have a job. It was Teach for America, but I didn't want to be a teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was the only promising thing that I had. Now, you got to imagine I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Mm-hmm. I'm the head Delta. I'm the first vice president. I'm Miss Clark Atlanta mm. University. So mm. like I'm I'm like the the, the dean of pledges. So like I'm yes. doing everything I was as well. Oh, really? Okay. I was. So I know you. Yeah. <laughs> so like so, you know, it takes a very special kind of woman to yes. be the dean of pledges. Right? Yes. Um, so like I'm doing all of these things. I got all these relationships, but nobody will hire me. Mm. right so I'm like what is my plan so I had to take the thing that was in front of me that I didn't really want and that was my first and last time ever doing that and I took that job at Teach for America and I was there for five days and after five days one of my friends he gave me $40 to go back to the airport because I'm like I can't do this Mm -hmm. like I'm a teacher but not in the classroom yeah and no shade to teachers that's a very hard job but I'm like I am not capable of doing this Mm -hmm. I don't even want to be capable of doing this Mm -hmm. um and that was the best thing that I could have done is choose me first because I would be doing a disservice to those students that I was teaching. And the reason why I decided to give those LLCs is because I know what it feels like not to have a plan. 
I know what it feels like not to have nothing lined up. You could be as popular as you want to be in school, but if you ain't got no plan, nothing matters when you get into the real world. Yeah. So I wanted to at least be able to provide them with some stability saying, listen, if you never thought about starting a business, here is your chance. Mm. Here's your opportunity. I already did the heavy lifting. All you got to do is think about this and use this and you got it. Right. And, um, I did that and it was just a blessing, man. It warmed my heart to see so many people actually utilize the LLCs. You know how many people reach out to me and say, I was one of the recipients. I started my business because of you. Mm. And out of 800 something students, I at least know that there's going to be at least five millionaires that Mm. come out of that bunch. And if five millionaires can come out of that bunch and I help to support that and making that happen, then job well done. Yeah. And, you know, just what you were saying is reminding me of what your dad said. Mm-hmm. It's success is like mud. Yeah. Throw it on the wall. Something's, something's going to stick. Yeah. yeah. Like, but just to give these graduates that hope. I just yeah. was so inspired by that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just being an entrepreneur I wanted to be the person where people can see the realness, right? Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes we see the pretty side of entrepreneurship. It's just like, oh, I did this, I did this, but you really don't see like underneath of the hood. And sometimes underneath the hood, you be trying to start that engine, right? You got some wires in there, you tying wires up. And I want people to see that part because that level of authenticity can show people that it's real, but it's so real that it can happen and it can happen for me. Yeah. Let's talk about, I hope you fail. I love the title because it's true i hope that i continue to fail yeah i hope that everybody continues to fail because that's where you learn that is where you learn so uh, talk to me about you writing the book and and how you got to the title so after my first book that was called eat plants bitch mm-hmm. um i got a book deal with harper collins and i'm like okay what am I going to do? So that that same commencement speech where I gave out the LOCs, yeah. the theme of my speech was, I hope you fail. That was the theme. And I was telling my story about all of the failures mm. that I've endured in my life. But those failures really allowed me the opportunity to learn and to get better and to become an expert in my field because I had no choice but to learn. And As a result of the theme, everybody was talking about it. And I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm like, I need to make this into a book and tell more of the failures, Mm. right? Because people in America, in the world, can all say that they've identified with failure, right? That's universal, right? Everybody in life has felt like they have failed at something. So I wanted to have a universal conversation with people about like what failure looks like, how to identify it, and when you identify it, like how to overcome it. And that's how I came up with the book. And when I started writing it, it was really personal because this is not one of those books where I'm just like, okay, all right, like somebody else just write the whole book for me. Like these are my words to the page Mm. based on my experiences and experiences of other people. But I'm telling people that like failure is not failure at all. It's finding the aspiration and the losses. So in the book, there's different chapters like, I hope you lose your job so you can find a better one. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I hope you get out of that bad relationship so you realize your worth. I hope your friends lie on you so you can pick a better set of friends. Right. Like, I hope you go flat broke so that you can learn financial literacy. Like, I hope all of these bad things happen for you so that you can understand that, like, life will get better because it was never bad at all. Yeah. And, And that's literally what the book is about. So there is something in there for everybody. And if there's nothing in there 
if there's something in there that's not for you, then you are not human because we've all been there some way, mm-hmm. somehow. Um, and it'll be a blessing to the people that read it. So I'm excited about it. I love that you said, um, you know, something like if something bad happens for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. You specifically said for, not yeah. to. And I, and I picked up on that yeah. because it is, whether it feels like it or not, mm-hmm. everything is for our good everything it just is and it's the thing that like you have to remind yourself when you're when you feel like you're in the darkest season of your life mm-hmm. and don't want to move and you feel like the world is ending mm-hmm. it's just beginning it's just be- it's in those moments yeah. where you have to remind yourself this means that there's something else something better is coming mm-hmm. like you know Bad times, hard times don't last always. That's like, you know, black folks been saying it forever because it's true. It is really, really true. Like, I've had my darkest moments in my life. Mm-hmm. I've had times where I'm like, damn, I didn't even know that I would ever feel like I'm depressed. Like, mm-hmm. black people don't get depressed. Yeah. Right? That's what we say, right? Mm-hmm. And I've lived in moments where I'm like, is this the end for me? But I needed those things to happen because it built up my integrity. It built up my character. Like the skin that I have is so thick yeah. because I've been at the bottom of the bottom. So I know what the bottom feels like. And because I don't ever want to go back there, then I maneuver differently. I move differently. But I needed those things to happen because it's literally like... I, I hate to say it like this, but it's like a resume builder. Like, okay, like it I, is. I've been lied on, I've been cheated on, <laughs> but I got my heart broken. So, so now I know how not to get my heart broke. Now I, I know how to navigate when people aren't being honest with me, mm. right? Like, if if I lost money before, now I know how to save money. So, like, I want to be around people who have experience. Right. Yes. Those are the people who yes. really had the character. I don't really want nobody too green around me because that means that you haven't lived life. But for the people who have lived life and they have that level of experience, that's where we get wisdom from. And you get wisdom from going through these things. And that's a lot of what I talk about in the book. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm claiming that it's going to be a New York Times bestseller. One billion percent. We're yes. claiming it right here, right now. We are claiming it right here, right yes. now. But I know that it will help to change the lives of so many people. Mm. I just, for me, it's so beautiful because it's inspiration. Like, I look at you and I'm like, yeah, Pinky did it. I can do it too. Mm. Like, you to me are are such an example of, like, dreams come true, mm. but also trust your life and where it's taking you yeah like look at where you are this beautiful family successful businesses you're on lists and i'm just getting started you're yeah this is only the beginning and people like you so super successful i'm like i'm not nowhere near where i want to be how beautiful but the the journey is so beautiful because i know that let me tell you something when i was a kid the power of the tongue is so real when i was a kid I was always saying, like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be a star. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to make it. And I'm going to be a millionaire. And I unlocked that at 30. So I don't know if you noticed that throughout this whole conversation, I've been saying billionaire. You you have. And I do that. Clearly, the billion ain't there yet in the bank. But I'm doing the same thing that I did when I was a kid. Mm. I was manifesting the destiny. So what I want, you got to speak that thing every single day, every single interview. 
I have a billion dollar brand. I'm building a billion dollar company. I'm going to be a billionaire. So my stuff in storage is going to be worth a lot because I'm going to be a billionaire. But I do that on purpose because the universe is listening to me. Yeah. And eventually one day it is going to unlock itself. Wow. Power the tongue is real. Oh, wow. So tell me, what has been your takeaway from our conversation today? You are the best interviewer that I've ever had in my life. And I'm not just saying that. Thank you. The best, hand down, hands down. <laughs> and no shade to anybody else. <laughs> but thank you. What I like about you is you don't ask the cliche questions, mm-hmm. right? Every interview is always the same for me. Okay, tell me how you got started. Like, that's the first question. And it's just like very like scripted and very, yeah. but you really like, made me go deep mm-hmm. and I like to go deep because I like to be challenged I do too so thank you so you you are literally by far hands down and I will say this in your face and behind your back the best interviewer that I've ever had thank you Pinky you are that means the world <laughs> no, thank you so fantastic. much you're welcome you know my takeaway is I've been talking a lot especially on the podcast about having to be honest with myself about placing myself in a box mm-hmm. And I feel really grateful that I feel like God sent me you and this conversation as a clear representation of like what not being in a box looks like, Mm -hmm. what being free and confident and ambitious and Mm -hmm. and being mindful of the power of your tongue looks like. Like Mm -hmm. I needed the living breathing physical example of it again i've been talking a lot about it but he sent me someone to say this is what it looks like and i'm very grateful for that and that's it i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna really take this with me as i continue to um soar to new heights and get to millionaire status yeah it's coming it's coming i feel it well thank you this was awesome thank you sis all the best to you and i hope you fail and fail and fail and fail again to get all the success that you well i can't wait to celebrate you at your billionaire ceremony i don't know what you do once you become a billionaire but i I want to be there like but i'm gonna be there too yes sis (laughs) remember we talked about it with our kids and everything it's gonna be our husbands it's gonna be beautiful i i see that thank you i feel it i'm ready for that I honor you. I thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. Yay, we did it. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Our managing producer is Fatima Elswiffy. Shanice Tindall is our lead producer. Associate producer is Mona Hassan. Jordan Thompson is our marketing coordinator. This episode was mixed by Trin Lightburn. Michelle Baker is our video editor. This episode was recorded at Spotify Studios LA. Promotional consideration, products and services furnished by Spotify. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you did, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. 
Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus Choose. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. 